Welcome to Fans of the Forge. We are back in the studio. We just, this is our first time recording since Sean and I got back from Pigeon Forge Grudge Match down at Iron Metal Mountain Craft in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Iron Mountain Metal Craft. What did I say? Iron, Iron Metal Mountain Craft? Yeah. I'm already nervous about what's going on here. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, joining us this evening, we have. Spicy Mike Curly Spicy Mike. from Season 5, Episode 26, the Keelong G. Spicy Mike, how you doing? I'm hanging in there. How are you guys? Tired. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think we're all pretty good. and um, We're fired up. We are fired up. Hey, bring the cheesy puns, man. <laughs> That's why we have Sean. Yes, <laughs> Sean nails the cheesy puns. So first things first, I believe we have a little bit of a spice off to start this thing going. Let's kick it up a notch. We're going to kick it up a notch. You know, when we first talked about your episode, I made some comments about the sriracha and the hot sauce on the banana, and then you took me to task in those comments saying, you know, that was actually Carolina Reaper sauce, and maybe we should do a spice off, and I'm like, all right, let's do it. So I went, I got my ghost pepper hot sauce right here, and what are you going to be starting off with here? Uh, let me dig into my bowl of goodness here. How about a pretty purple? Sure. Okay. I mean, they're actually red right now, but they're purple as they're growing, and then they ripen to a red. Uh, I just threw it in the floor. <laughs> Five-second rule. Exactly. All right. Cheers. Hey, <laughs> Didn't that right? That, sure. I don't need to see it. Stop. <laughs> Give me a kiss. No. Kiss me. <laughs> All right. Yep, that's pretty good. That's a good spice going right there. <laughs> All right, we're going to get right into the episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Mike, we'll start off. Your Instagram is Seventh Dragon Knife Works. Yep. And so that's how we've been talking back and forth. So, when you were on Keelong G, you came up. And you had two years of part-time experience at the time. Um, yeah, about that. So what, where are you now? About three years since it, since it aired or since you recorded that? Well, um, the, the, they, I gave them a couple different timelines they could start from, and that's the one they decided to go with. I made my first blade in 2009. Um, I made my first forged blade in like 2011 or 2012. But I never really decided, okay, I want to be a knife maker. Like, I want that to be my thing until about two, two and a half years before they filmed. So I'm somewhere between two and a half and three years act, like after I finally decided, okay, I want to learn the metallurgy. I want to learn how to actually do this and, like, really be a knife maker. Okay, so you had some more experience than they let on. Is it, oh, good to know. I mean, yeah, but I was making stuff out of, like, 4140. Because, like, um, there's a lot of farmers around here, and even though 4140 really doesn't hold an edge, you, like, can't break the stuff. And farmers like to, you know, like, stab and pry and do all that kind of stuff with their knives instead of it keeping a great edge. So it was, like, the perfect thing for them. But then once I started learning about metallurgy, I was like, okay, that was all garbage that I was doing. So it's – I, I kind of do and kind of don't have the experience. Okay. So – Sean, you want to talk about this comment you made at the beginning of the episode? You had a question. Yeah, I, I noted that you had a pretty good 
cutout, like a mouth hole, so you could <laughs> like efficiently get food in your mouth. It seemed. Do you do you trim that, or is it just natural? All right. Well, so here I'm gonna get up close to the camera so I can see, like this part <laughs> right here. Yeah. If I don't keep that pretty short, like I chew on it, like I'll, I'll like sit there and bite it. Right. Yeah. I keep that trend off pretty good there. So, uh, like, I, uh, otherwise that'll just be super sore and red all the time. So I keep it pretty short. I know the feeling. Right. I've been there before. Okay. I'm not. I'm. I'm far away from the longest this has been. Believe me, but I know the feeling. So let's move on into the episode. You want to talk about round one a little? Um. Sure. So you guys were using an oak barrel. Will Willis whips the cloth off, and it's just dust. It's magic. Could you explain that to us? Uh, I actually, I think it was one of you guys that made the comment that you thought it was edited. Yeah. Um, they, whether they put some special effect in it uh, or not, I don't really know for sure. But I do know there was, like, some sandy, dusty stuff on top of the barrel. Um, so I could see that kind of fly up when he whipped it off. And I could kind of see the dusty stuff on top of the barrel after he threw the springy thing. Because I actually had to do two or three takes of him, like, whipping that off. So, uh, like, I could, I got a pretty good idea of, like, there was actually some stuff on top of there. But what was, like, holding the cloth to uh, give it a shape? But, like, did he grab that when he pulled and we just didn't notice? Yeah, so there was, like, a, what it sounded like when it hit the ground and, like, by the shape that it was sitting in on top of the barrel, I'm assuming it was some kind of wire wireframe tripod. Okay. Oh, when he threw it, he threw the whole thing, and you can hear some wire or something that bounced across the floor. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So from there, you had to make a knife using the oak barrel, and um, you had the option to use other metal from the shop mixed with the steel from the barrel. Uh, Rob and Jason did Sanmai, and you decided to go with a forge welded billet with just the high carbon steel. Um, was there a thought process behind that? Yeah, I make, um, I make sawn my more specifically Damascus sawn my all the time. I'll fold some, uh, crap steel together, uh, to just, you know, just to get some patterning. Um, and then I'll cut it in half and I'll laminate it in a piece of good steel in the middle. So I still have my Damascus patterning, even though it's low carbon most of the time, I still have my Damascus patterning, but a good cutting edge. The problem with that is it's so hard to keep even any unevenness in that low carbon part because low carbon doesn't harden and it shrinks. Um, you'll get massive warpage. So I decided to go with just the, the, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you guys this or not, but they actually replaced the bands on that with 1095. So I went with just the 1095 because I knew that was good steel. And I knew if I went with only 1095 billet, that I wouldn't have to deal with the crazy warpage issues that I would have if it was a sand my blade. Gotcha. So you then quenched early, at least per what the judges said, and um, that was when they made a point to show you had hand cramps and you pulled out the banana. So you got to answer. The banana, I have to assume, was part of the craft services there, and they just kind of grabbed something off of there, or did you actually bring a banana with you? <laughs> No, I don't just, I'm not just packing bananas around. <laughs> <laughs> but they, um, they have snacks on set. They have like um, chips, oranges, apples, bananas, those little um, oatmeal bars, uh, you know, th things of that nature. They've got little stuff laying around. 
So um, when they when they noticed, they said I went and got it, but I didn't. Um, my hands were cramping up so bad that I actually had to force myself to let go of the blade to cool it. And one of the guys noticed, and he's like, hey, man, uh, do you want a banana? I was like, yeah, I don't think it's going to help in time, but sure, why not? So he uh, he went ahead and brought that to me. But I was trying to sell the whole spicy mic thing because I think it's hilarious. So I took a little vial of Carolina Reaper sauce and did like a Coke line down this banana. <laughs> but you were in slow motion of me like deep throating this thing. So. <laughs> but then you had this hot sauce. You carried that on you. Right? Yeah, I had, a, okay. <laughs> I had a Carolina Reaper sauce in a little vial. And I had some powdered habanero. And then I had some powdered habanero seasoning. And I had a couple other things offset that I never brought in that I had the crew try. Hmm. Interesting. So from what I'm getting from this is when you when you talk to them about going on the show, there might have been some sort of backstory that you laid out for the spicy thing. Or like, how did that even come about that you would bring spicy stuff with you to the show? Well, I'm all about spice all the time. So regardless of whether or not I'm the whole spicy mic thing, I would have brought it. But um, when one of the producers, his name is Dan, was emailing me, he's like, so do you have any nicknames or you know anything like that? So I was like, uh, well, it just so happens that the local people call me Spicy Mike. And of course, he was like, oh, tell me all about that. So what happened was the local DFW Post, they were doing um, a wing night. And they wanted to do a super hot wing. Well, whoever they were going to have make the sauce for them kind of fell through. So they decided to make their own wing sauce. But um, I went there and tried it. And it was, I mean, it was pretty hot, but it lacked a lot of taste. But they couldn't taste it because it was so hot. They couldn't actually see what it tasted like. So I went up there and we kind of collaborated. And uh, I mixed up their sauce a little bit and got it tasting a little better. And when I, um, when I texted the guy that was making the sauce... Uh, just, I mean, this was just something in my head just to kind of let him know who I was. I was like, hey, man, this is Spicy Mike. This is my number. Uh, if you want me to come up there, let me know. And when I said that, I guess the Spicy Mike thing just stuck and it never went away. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting That's story. a pretty good way to get a, a nickname out of it. Yeah, huh. that's nice. Uh, do we need to go into this at all? It was a comment that we made more than anything else. No, I think it's all right. All right. Moments passed. Oh, so in our recording, Teresa was sticking up for you when I was going off on my banana sriracha oh, yeah. rant. And then she said, well, maybe they, maybe you can use time travel to um, rectify the situation. And I, because I was, we were saying something about, we didn't know when the episode was recorded versus when I put my thing on Instagram and, um, and then Sean's like, that's pretty far-fetched. Yeah. You guys are talking for... about like magic or something. Yeah, it was yeah. a little ridiculous. The whole thing was just a ridiculous thing on our it end. It was funny at the time. Now I don't it's remember just... how it even came about. So <laughs> I laughed at it when I watched it again today. Oh, yeah, it's it's funny, but I... Once we're recording, I'll go ahead and say this. You did it first, but I did it better. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right, well, I'll give, you the, I'll give you that because I did not use Carolina Reaper sauce on mine. I, I will give you that. So let's move on. Um, judging, you had some minor delaminations, uh, but overall a good construction, and you were al allowed to move on to round two. Did you have anything to say there? 
Uh, well, I actually didn't have delaminations, but uh, they didn't know that. What they were looking at was that where actually where I had tacked my billet and a little bit of that tack weld was still on there. So I didn't have any delaminations. What that was was just some of that tack. But I could see why they would think that because unless they knew exactly where I tacked it, it looked like a delamination. Oh, okay. I gotcha. It seems that they tend to make these statements that aren't always true. Because I think there was another, I think one of the interviews we did, they were saying, oh, the judges said there was a delamination. But the guy was like, no, it wasn't. Like, there's another one where you oh, claim yeah. something, but it's not how it is. But They do have to make TV, so I understand yeah. where they're But also... Um, the David Baker made a comment once about like crystallizing the steel, which makes absolutely no sense to me. So um, I don't I don't know if it's so much as maybe they're just throwing out things to try to make TV to make it good, or like maybe may, maybe at the time they just don't know. You know, they're just saying something because they need some commentary. So they're like ah, this, I guess. So I, I don't really know. I don't know for sure because they've got the producer talking in their ear the whole time, and I can't hear what he's saying. Right. Okay. Well, we're going to move on to round two, right. and I think that calls for round two of our spice off here. Oh. So all I have is this same hot sauce, but I'm going to go for another swig because it was burning me pretty much that whole time. So what are you going well, to use for round two? I'll step my game. I'm not entirely sure what these peppers are. Okay. They kind of came up here, but uh, it, it's kind of a standard chili. It's a little hotter than the thing I ate a second ago, a little bigger. So, All right. Cheers. Cheers. He does this right when it's Sean's turn to ask a question. So he yeah, that's good. <laughs> All right, so round two, uh, you guys had to put handles on, obviously, but you guys are required to use wood from the whiskey barrel. Um, yep. Was that a concern of yours at all? I know, and one thing I commented on the video is that they, you know, Dave was like, "Well, it'd be a lot easier to use the the you know the the end of the barrel instead of the sides, but everyone uses the sides, and there's plenty of material for it." Um, did you have any concerns about using that type of wood for your handle? Um, to answer your questions in order, um, it's it's an oak barrel. And oak, even though it's not the best handle material, especially long term, because it likes to splinter and it's really porous, uh, it's still a pretty sturdy wood. And your second question, as far as where he commented, um, you should use the top or bottom, there actually was no top on that barrel, I don't think. Like, I'm pretty sure they took the top off. So I guess I could have, you know, like flipped it over and like beat the bottom out of it or something. But the the oak barrels, I mean, they were pretty thick, so there was plenty of handle material there, like the sides of it. Right. Yeah. The uh, all the pieces looked thick. I was like, well, I don't know what Dave's really talking about, but ergo, more TV, you know, commentary. Um, and you said you weren't a big fan of through tangs, but you end up making a through tang. So was that a plan of yours or how did that come about? You know, it's really ironic because, um, when I was, uh, I was, I was kind of practicing, uh, before I went on the TV show, I was doing like the dirtiest forge welds I could think of. Cause I didn't know what they were going to make us use. And I knew one of my weak points was hidden tang knives. So I'm like, okay, I really got to focus on this. So when I got there and they're like, okay, you have this really minute amount of steel, I was like, I've just been practicing this. I know exactly what to do with this small amount of steel. So that's why I drew out the uh, the stick tang. Awesome. It came out like 
I don't really know how to do this thing, so I'm going to pick the competition to try it. <laughs> but again, TV. Yeah, so you commented on that. You're like, why would you do something that you don't do? It's like, well, we have a very limited amount of steel, and this is the way that I can make that work without having to deal with the warpage issues of San Mai. So that that's my explanation to your question of why would I do that then, because it really fit the situation. So at this point, or within this round was when um, Will Willis said, Bladesmiths, you have 30 minutes to finish your bananas. And then all the judges, we all pulled out bananas. <laughs> and you told them to put hot sauce on it. And Will Willis just has this, like, the whole thing's a joke. But then he's like, he's, I'm going to kill the joke and be like, no, not putting <laughs> hot sauce on it. <laughs> Actually, I don't think any of them really liked spicy stuff. So, I mean, they didn't show it quite as well, but I insisted pretty hard. I mean, I went back and forth with them for a couple minutes. I was like, come on, do it, do it. And then they, like, just wouldn't do it. <laughs> and so they got plenty of footage to work with them being like, no thanks. <laughs> um, all right, so then you came up to the testing with a barrel chop where you had minor chipping and the guard had some sharp corners. And the sharpness was, you know, really sharp with a bit more of a wedge um comments on any of that you know you're testing for round two um it was pretty spot on um i actually got to talk with the you know way later on i got to talk with the judges that saw where the chip came out and i asked them about the um the grain in the steel and they were like uh you know it was, it was decent it wasn't quite velvety but it was pretty decent so i was like okay that makes sense why it chipped when he hit it on steel um the sharp corners I think they just needed something to nitpick because I took some 400 grit sandpaper and went around all of those corners. So they may have been, he may have, it may have seemed because he had a glove on, it may have seemed like it would have been pointy, but I think if he would have been barehanded, he wouldn't have, like he could have rubbed it on it all day and it wouldn't have cut his hand. All right, cool. What part did you just say? I'm sorry. I'm losing. <laughs> wow, you're losing it. All right, so we're, we're, we're moving on to round three. Oh, geez. Chris round is holding three. up well over here. I'm so. feeling it in my teeth right now. So, right. <laughs> round three. What are you doing for round three? Uh, let's see. I'm going to leave it to you guys. I've got a whole bowl here. I've got a very small red Caribbean habanero. I've got a Thai ornamental chili. Mm. Um, I've got an ignite pepper. Which you see is a little bitty guy. These have these are kind of weird. They have like an immediate heat. Like they hit you instantly and it makes you panic because you're like, oh, this is only going to get worse. And then it never gets worse. So it's just upfront heat, which is really cool to add to hot sauce because it's like, bam, but then it never gets worse. Hmm. I think you should do that one. Yeah. That one? Okay. Yeah. All right. Swig number three of my ghost pepper sauce. Evening. Yep. Right up front. Very bitter, kind of floral. Fantastic. All right, so round three, you have to make a key long G. Um, what were you thinking when you saw that thing revealed? Okay, um, this is going to be a little bit of a long explanation. So, it sucks when you come throat. But anyway, um, are you guys familiar with the, any any of the names in the production crew? We've heard some names. Um, okay, do you know who Amanda is? Yes, we have heard, heard of Amanda. Amanda. Yeah, Amanda. As we were sitting beside me and Jason, because we after we figured out we made it to round three, she's like, 
So what do you guys think about crossbows? And they actually asked us about that um, in the emails before we went. And I was like, I swear on my life, if it's a crossbow, I'm walking out of here. She's like, no, it'll be fine. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's good. I'm sure you can make one. I'm like, yeah, I probably could, but I'm not gonna. Like, if, they, if it's a crossbow, I'm literally seeing Jason wins and walking off set. <laughs> he had me so sold that it was actually going to get the crossbow. I was, like, angry. I was actually super mad because I didn't make a crossbow. So like when we went in there and I saw that the, the velvety thing was like long and skinny, I was like, I don't even care what's underneath that thing. It's not a crossbow. Nice. So when they unveiled that thing, I was just like the happiest person on the planet. Cool. All right. So day one, um, you made the, uh, the main chef using a press. Mm-hmm. Um, Day, you know, you skip day two. Day three, um, your blade broke while testing, yep. um, and your press blew a hose. So actually, true. That's what they caught me saying, uh, because that's what I thought happened in the moment. So what actually happened was you have your hydraulic cylinder, right, and the fluid pushes the plunger up and down, which moves your. Right. Uh, so that was only supported by two prongs on the side of it that was welded on. So all 26 or whatever tons of pressure was being held by two little welded on prongs. And one of those actually broke off. So that like, it was irreparable. If it was just a hose that blew, I could have went down the road and had a new hose made in like an hour. Right. But that's actually what happened. But because I said that in the moment, that's obviously what they put in film. Okay. Um, so your blade broke. Yep. We've seen it happen on the show before, you, you know, mid midway through um, the home forging process. Was that something you might have been ready for or, you know, not so surprised of? Um, the answer to the, both of those is yes. So I was definitely not ready for that to happen because I was like, I actually tested out some of these theories the day before we started filming. I was like, okay, I want to try wrapping this thing around a forge welding. Okay, that works. I want to try inserting something into a slot and forge welding. Okay, that works. So I was pretty sure it was going to work, but then um, some of the forge welds in one of the inserts didn't take, and it just cracked, and I was like, ah, what am I going to do? It's crazy. So, but also, I mean, I hate to say that I hoped that particular one would fail, just because of the way it turned out, I was like, mm, I feel like I could do better now. So when it did fail, I was a little upset, but I was also like, okay, this is a chance to take what I've learned and build on it. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm doing okay. So <laughs> on day five, they showed you making the butt cap from the broken pieces of the first sword. And that was really all they talked about for your stuff. So they skipped days two and four. Um, and we know that you you have um, a number of hours to, to forge this thing out. Was there any other issues that happened during those days that um, they didn't show? That's definitely true. So on, well, they showed day four because that's when I was drawing out the serpent on the, um, the blank of 5160 that they gave you. I hate 5160. I just want to go on record saying right. that. Junk, everyone should throw it in the trash can and use ADCRV2. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so uh, i had that i had the piece of 5160 they gave me 
And I basically stock removed everything except the way it worked out. I actually had to angle the king, the tip of the King Long G about like that just to get it to lengthwise fit. And I was trying to forge that straight and that was working, that was working pretty hard against me. And also my crescent, because of the steel billet was only so wide when I cut it out, it didn't meet the minimum distance requirements that the crescent had to be from the shaft. So I actually had to forge that out. So between trying to keep the tip straight and forge that out, uh, that was that was actually a big problem. And then I also had to forge weld on uh, pieces of 1095 for the uh, the socket. So when I forge welded those two on, I was trying to get them pushed together so I could um, tack them and it like uh, tack weld them together. And that just wasn't happening. And I dropped that billet like a thousand times. Like it, but anyway, so <laughs> like it was extremely difficult. Like it fought me the entire time. So that's what like when I said on day five, I was like, my goal for today is just nothing going wrong or less things. That didn't really resonate with the audience. Like I really meant it because I mean, those first four days were nothing but things going wrong or like screwing up. It was really, really, really hard. Okay. Well, that makes it's good to to hear some of that stuff. Not that it was good that you had some tough stuff through those first four days, but you know, it, it is illuminating for us to be able to find out what's being skipped over uh, when it comes to that sort of thing. Hmm, they're also right. taking like four minutes to fit all this into. They got to cut stuff out somewhere. Yeah. Hmm. All right. We come to one of the other points of contention. What's the story of the peppers and the bananas on your bench in your shop when they're showing your shop? The huge, huge pile of peppers. The cornucopia. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for starters, that wasn't actually my shop. That was my buddy Tom's shop. He let me borrow it to make my final weapon. Um, That is in the rules. You are allowed to do that. But I don't think they actually advertise it because they don't want people, like say some random nobody who really doesn't have a lot of experience kind of makes it to the final round. Cause there are episodes like that. There are episodes where even if they're not a good bladesmith, they get matched up with other bad bladesmiths. So they end up winning. But uh, like say that a really, really not good bladesmith makes it to the last round. They don't want them trying to call up a master Smith. Like, Hey man, do you think I could possibly use your shop? You know, things like that. So they really try to keep that under wraps. So that that was Tom's shop, and uh, wh- uh, what was the other part of your question? What's the deal with the bananas and the peppers? Like, did they did you already have those? Uh, actually, yes, I already had those because, uh, as you saw in the cutting deeper version of the episode, or I don't know if you guys watched that. Did you watch that? No, no we didn't catch that one. Oh, you missed out, man. <laughs> so here's the thing. When, um, because I thought Will did such a great job of making the banana and hot sauce thing absolutely hilarious, I actually went out, or actually the, the, the crew that was filming with me, they went out and bought the stuff. They got me bananas, habaneros, honey, and apple cider vinegar, and I went and bought a blender. And I filmed this little, like, Rachel Ray-style segment of me making a banana-based hot sauce to give to Will. Like, that, that was kind of my little thank you to him for that and they didn't know if it was going to make the cut or not so on the final day when i was doing my interviews they're like okay well this may or may not make it in so let's at least put this stuff in the background <laughs> if it doesn't make it in you still can say there it is oh okay gotcha. that's some good fun facts there yeah, yeah. 
I've been getting yeah, into the- making hot sauce myself, so it makes sense. Everything you just said makes sense. <laughs> All right. So, and when you went back, we had the kill test with the ballistics dummy. Um, it was wide enough to break a bone, light and fast, and it will kill, which is great. The strength test broke a spear, then a slab and a barrel, and it was still sharp and overall less damage to the weapon and the sharpness cut the rope in the banner. It will cut. So your weapon was great. And you won. Yay. How was that? I mean, I'm sure you're just, like super happy. Well, for starters, since we're jumping to another segment, I think that means another round of hot stuff, right? Oh, that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's go. Got the cap okay. off. Now, this one actually might be hard because this is a Red Caribbean habanero. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, this one might this one might take me a second. Ready? <laughs> Cheers. All right. Is this going to you to reset night? Yes. Yes, it is. Thank you, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to deal with this guy and his hot sauce. I don't usually drink this much hot sauce. That's also true. You also don't usually drink hot sauce. Yeah, that's true. Generally, I don't. Yeah. Occasionally. More like- All right. Warm. All right. What was your question? <laughs> we didn't really have one. We didn't really have one. We just kind of <laughs> ran through your testing comment. and everything was um, good. What did you so, do with your winnings? I want to know that. I'm going to back up to what you said a second ago. Sure. And then I'll do that. But um, as far as the testing, ooh, that's warm. So when I got on in the van with Jason to go do the final testing, he's like, so how would you do? And I was like, honestly, congrats, man. Like, I threw this thing together in two days. There's no way. Like, because I looked up Jason's stuff. I don't know if you guys have seen Jason's stuff. He's an absolutely outstanding knife maker. He's way better than I'll ever be. What we're competing on is a game show that has nothing to do with translating to real life knife making skills. It's all about, can you turn this into a knife? So he is a thousand times better than I am at knife making. And I want everybody to know that. But when I got in the van, I was like, dude, congrats. There's absolutely no way that you didn't win because I thought I brought a piece of crap. And I did, in all honesty. I brought a thing made out of 5160, which I hate, with 1095 forged wood alone for a socket. Um, I used, I did the cord wrap literally to hide flaws. <laughs> I was like, this thing is just garbage. Like, there's no way that I'm going to win. And as Jason noted in his unboxing video, he did an unboxing video when he got his King Long G back. Um, he was like, that ever so slight bend that his took. He was like, this is what a $10,000 bend looks like. And if it was not for that bend, and maybe if he would have indexed his shaft a little better, like his was his was balanced better. His was lighter. I know they said my blade was light. Apparently Doug smoked and cracked or something because that thing was really heavy. That thing was super heavy. <laughs> like, at the end, when I won, it was it was awesome. And it was great, and I, I really felt like I proved myself, which is really the only thing I wanted to go in the first place. But even though I won, I'm still an inferior knife maker to Jason, and I have no problem admitting that. So it was nice to win the show that I've always wanted to be on. Uh, and as far as what I did with the money, literally all I've done so far is I have paid off a bunch of debt, uh, got my car fixed, uh, paid off the... The co- uh, uh, not copay. What do you call it on a car? Like if you wreck it and then you have to pay part of it. Oh, the uh, deductible. Deductible. Uh-huh. Cool. I paid. I went ahead and paid the deductible off, or I got my car, my other car fixed. 
And then I made part of a down, ha- down payment on a house on a lake. Ooh, so nice. grown-up things. Cool. <laughs> like literally play. I think I ordered like a pizza and bought a couple of cases of beer. <laughs> nice. All right. So we got a couple more questions here for you. Separate from the episode. Chris isn't going to make it. I'll be fine. Um, what's your favorite steel to use? Oh, that's a toughie. So um, I make a lot of kitchen knives. And my favorite uh, kitchen, my favorite kitchen knife seal is 1095 because I like differentially hardened blades. And I like the Hamon or Hamon, Hamon, Haymoon, however the hell you pronounce it. So, like, I like to differentially harden blades because I think it looks cool. Um, I think 50, I've never used 52100, but I think it's probably a superior kitchen knife steel. Um, I've got some AEBL. That's pretty cool. Um, I can talk about it now. I've been on Knife or Death. The uh, It hasn't aired yet, but the blade I took to Knife or Death was made out of 80 CRV2, and I really, really, really like 80 CRV2. It's pretty cool if you if you have a user's blade. Um, and, and that's kind of the extent of my experience, I guess. Cool. Uh, do you have a preference for handle material? Not wood. As most of my friends will tell you, I absolutely hate wood. It's It's boring. It, it was like it's so natural and pretty. Like, uh, sure, I guess. Um, I really like curonite. I really like acrylics, especially for my kitchen knives because it, you know, it doesn't soak stuff in. Right. It looks shiny and nice. So I, I just I can't get into wood or bone, bone and antler. I hate both of those. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite non-blade item to make? Hot sauce. I feel like we're just setting him up for that one. <laughs> Still. Yeah. Um, coal versus propane. I've never used coal, but I've used charcoal. Uh, a lot of people actually prefer coal because I guess it gets hot really fast. But I'm kind of lazy, and I'll be super honest about that. So the fact that I can just light my propane forge and never have to keep it hot or anything, you know, it's right. just always I, – like I just love the simplicity of propane. And you don't have to really worry about it burning the steel if you just leave it unattended so much, you know. See, a lot of people talk about burning the steel, and I don't really um, understand that. I think what they're talking about is where you get it to a point where it's almost melting, and it grows the crap out of the grain and makes it brittle. But that's really, to me, you'd have to ask Josh Fishkisser, whatever the hell his name is, um, (laughs) it's almost the same as liquefying a steel and melting it down and usually when you do a crucible it's a little brittle at first but after you work a little bit it's all right so to me it's kind of in the same boat as that so i don't think you're really burning it i think you're just kind of making it brittle due to the heat or it takes a carbon out or something like i know with like low carbon steels if you're blacksmithing and you leave it in it just it's gone like it'll just chip away and it's just it's it's almost turns into coal like it just breaks apart will do that when it oxidizes in the yeah. forge that's your scale and stuff that flakes off which is what flux does it kind of eats that so that way when you um, forge weld your pieces of steel together it liquefies and it'll eat that scale which prevents it from forge welding so when you smash it together it ejects that liquid flux and then you only have clean steel to weld together uh stainless or no stainless i'm indifferent there is good stainless i actually really don't like people that are like 
oh man, stainless is bad. You can't use stainless. But there's a lot of good stainless out there. You just have to pick it for what you're doing. Like I think AEBL is a really good, good stainless. It kind of has all of the stainless properties of 440C, but I think it's better in almost every aspect. Okay. Um, what's your favorite Damascus pattern? Oh, man. You know, I'm not really into the mosaics. Um, I know, like, Mareko Malasi, he does amazing mosaics, and I love his work. But as far as, like, is it worth the price? Probably to some people. But as far as if I'm doing Damascus, I, I like the simplicity of just just plain layers. And then, you know, you grind it out, and, and you get your taper, and the layers actually show where the taper goes. So that's why I appreciate more of a plain Damascus because as you're like, you can really see the details in your grind. It really shows the details in your grind because it'll follow that. Cool. All right. Well, that's all the questions that we have. Um, I think we're good. So, Hey, this was fun. Um, this was hot, spicy. I'm I'm on a new level here. I feel like my skin's fit a little tingly and, uh, he's about to suggest another round. You want to do one more round to end it here? (laughs) All right. Cheers. The bigger go, go to bed. Because you're already home. We have two more episodes to record after this. Yeah. Oh, no way. Really? We're doing two more wrap-ups. Two more wrap-ups. No interviews today after you, but... We need Jason on here. Oh, I've talked to him. We're going to get him on soon. We have some plans for some other stuff, but we're still working through... We got like ten more interviews to come that from our uh, grudge match trip to put out, and we're behind. We didn't watch this most yeah. recent episode, and we wanted to do knife or death. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. start doing knife or death wrap up. So, well, I'm gonna be on that pretty soon. So, uh... we'll we'll give you a call when we're uh, ready to do a wrap up for that one. All right. D- does he win? No, I mean, we did it. All we right. both tied here. <laughs> right, but this is not, this is okay. hot. Stuff. I don't think you could go pepper for pepper with spicy Mike. Hang well, on, I'll keep going. Here's another one. You want to know? Like, he doesn't. Out. I don't want him to. No, we're we're <laughs> wrapping it up. We we both attained our goals here. Let's call it a night. So, <laughs> Mike, thank you for joining us, and uh, congratulations on your win. And we look forward to seeing you on Night for Death. Remember to follow him. Yeah, Seventh Dragon Knifeworks on Instagram. Is there any other uh, social media that you do you use for people to contact you? Or actually, I'm not super active on uh, Instagram. So uh, I use Facebook for almost every aspect of communication. So if they want to look me up, Michael Curley. It literally has parentheses and says Spicy Mike on it. If you want to hit me up at that or um, Facebook.com/slash the number seven th Dragon Knifeworks. That's the best way to get a hold of me or to see my stuff or just to talk to me in general. All right, cool. You heard him. Facebook is where to find him. Thanks again, Mike. And um, I guess that's it. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> 40 minutes earlier. Eating some spicy stuff? Oh, oh man! Jeez, look out! I didn't come prepared, man. I was traveling all week. I just got back a few days ago, so what? we don't have to worry about the spicy <laughs> stuff for today. <laughs> well, maybe I will. You can just you can just be lame. Oh, I'm with you there, damn. man. Chris, Chris talked oh, a big game, damn. and he came with nothing <laughs> oh, today. Oh, 
damn. All right. I see how it is. Fine. Where are you going? What are you Hang getting? on. There we go. He's got hot sauce. Maybe that's what he's getting? Yes. <laughs> Better than nothing. Yeah, he needs to do something. You can't, you can't. I'm the one that has to put up with his antics when he does this hot sauce, not like hot sauce nonsense. <laughs> well, he talked a big talk. He's got to okay. back it up, you know, for the interview yeah. with Spicy Mike. You know, you can't, you can't uh, drop the ball with that. Yeah, he also said that I copied him with the whole spicy banana. That's right. Thing. Yes, he did. Sriracha banana. It, no, it wasn't sriracha. That was my homemade Reaper sauce. Oh. <laughs> He's back. Well, do you have food to put that on, or are you just going to no, go? He's going to oh, All right. It's yeah. going hardcore with the sauce. I got, I got. It may not be Carolina Reaper, but uh, it is, uh, I believe it is Ghost Chilies. Yes, it is. So, all right. So it's still pretty good. All right. Well, let's see. I'm not going to eat a ghost pepper because I would. That we, you would get no interview. Oh, yeah. No, don't worry about that, but. This is it's a little tampered down with this sauce. So, I'll should we save the heat towards the end of the interview? Uh well, I'll eat something up front, but cuz I've got some pretty mild hot peppers right here. Mild okay. hot peppers. I'll I'm, I'll do one dab of this right when we start and then we'll see how it goes from there. 